This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless. I am your host, Matt, joined by Pastor Michael. And Michael, there is a podcast going around taking names. And this is that podcast. We are naming names today. We're going to be talking about some of the figures outside of Mark Driscoll, who has already come up, who were uh, named as early members of this movement. That's right. We are going to broaden our horizons. As much as this podcast may just be a podcast for recovering Mark Driscoll fans, we are going to ask you to go with us on a journey. And we're going to discuss today at least the uh, seven kind of main figures you find in Colin Hansen's book, Young Wrestlers Reformed. As always, Colin Hansen, thanks for the book. It is fertile ground for our podcast. We'd love to have you on the show. We would love to have you on the show. Well, Michael, are you ready to go through these people, talk about um, where they came from, uh, where they are now, and, and, and then we will, we'll see if you like the categories, I think, at least the, apply well to the figures we're going to discuss today. All right, I'm, I'm ready to jump into it. Well, you know, I'm going to stop you right there because... Already, you're already stopping me. I'm, I'm stopping you right there because I just don't know if we should do this. Now, I, I don't know. I'm being a bit facetious, but I, I have to imagine as soon as we broaden our horizons into naming names and maybe doing critique, we're beyond Mark Driscoll. We're going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not always nice to hear uh, somebody, especially somebody who is not near as well known, talk about or critique somebody that you really like and you listen to and have benefited from and you read their books. And that may not be all too comfortable. This podcast may have started literally after a podcast from one of the names of these people, right? On your on on the person listening, you know, just finished their, you know, ask Pastor John, and in comes Restless. Here we are to talk about ask Pastor John. <laughs> Here we are. Well, Michael, I I actually want to give the people who might object to this uh, as much credit as I can. Let me just throw all the objections I can think of about why why we should why we should stop why this episode shouldn't actually include any names in it michael should we really name names and critique people publicly let me just question the whole endeavor to start with yeah so we live in a culture that is at least the christian culture that wants to be really nice and being nice often includes uh, just not talking about problems or issues you might have with someone or with something that has been said, right? You have to kind of tiptoe around things and not really bring it up. Uh, should we even then do this? And really, yeah, I mean, it's, this is not a matter of trying to gossip about something that we know that happened behind the scenes, right? We're not going to say, hey, I once met one of these guys and I heard them say this. 
and I want all you to know it now. This is not time to slander somebody behind their back. Any and every name that we name on here, I hope that we would be perfectly willing and glad and even excited to talk to in person or on the podcast. You're all welcome. You're all welcome to come on. And that like they would not feel like we dislike them, hate them, uh, that they would feel nothing but uh, love coming from us. But public, public critique of public ministry is part of the game. It's part of the life of teachers and preachers, and it's perfectly acceptable. We see this throughout the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Right? Paul goes and calls out Peter publicly to his face because of something that he was doing that uh, was not okay because of how he was treating the Gentiles. Does that mean that Paul thought that you should never listen to anything from Peter? Well, of course not. Does that mean that Paul was disrespecting Peter? Well, of course not. Does that mean that Paul was being unloving toward Peter? Well, of course not. In fact, it would have been disrespectful. It would have been unloving, uh, and it would have been damaging if he had done nothing when he saw a serious fault that he wanted to critique. You have other places where Paul names names and others also name names of those that they're speaking with. And so that's, that is what I think we're going to do is we, we've already done this, right? We've already done this mentioning someone like Mark Driscoll and talking about some of the stuff that he's done. The, the difference between what we did with Mark Driscoll and what we're going to do now is that Mark Driscoll has kind of fallen out of popularity for a lot of us. Right. And he's, some of the names that we're going to name are going to be people that, like you said, we're still listening to. He's the, he's the safe one. And I think if you're listening to us, let's be honest, you critique these people with your friends. You discuss what they say publicly. The only difference of what we're doing here is we are putting our thoughts out there publicly and choosing to stand by them and actually open ourselves up to the same type of critique. And if you want to... If you want to critique what we have to say, good. Good on you. That's great. If you want to uh, write to us and tell us why we're wrong about something, that's great. The, the reality is, of course, we're going to be wrong about something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be few and far between. You Indeed. Know. Here uh, on Restless, we are, we are home of good takes and good theology. And probably you are wrong in critiquing us, <laughs> but you are more than welcome, You're welcome uh, to, to do that sort of thing. Uh, so, this is just part... This is part of the game when it comes to public ministry or public teaching. So let me ask you this next question. Michael, someone's listening to us. They're going to hear us talk about, I guess, big names. Obviously, we're nobodies. Michael, what gives you the right to disagree with John Piper? Or we're going to name other names than him, Ligon Duncan, any of these people, Michael. Uh, there are. There are multiple things that I could say. Most importantly is, uh, hopefully, and where we don't do this, it's problematic, and I hope we are critique. Hopefully we are being all critique on the basis of the revealed will of God, on the basis of the scripture. And so this is not a us versus them, uh, who's more popular, who's smarter because we're not going to win you know we are not you know who who is uh who is going to have more of an impact on the kingdom of god we're i mean we're not going to uh we're not going to be up there in those names it's just a reality we're not going to be 
that's not what we're doing. We're not saying, hey, me versus them, I win. We're saying, hey, with so much respect and so much love for those that have gone before us and those who are still uh, out ministering in the name of the Lord, here are some things that we would maybe bring up as problematic according to our understanding of the scripture. So everything is based on the scripture. And also, I, you know, I hope you know, we're talking about all this critique. I don't even know how horrible of a critique it'll be. You've heard how we handle someone like a Mark Driscoll. We laugh. We make jokes. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to point out, you know, issues that we think are serious. And yet we can look back and say, man, I have so much respect for uh, that man and what he did and, and how God used him. And so hopefully we're coming at it in a respectful way, even if there will be some great amounts of laughing. Yeah, let me, let me ask that. Are you really allowed to have fun doing this? Okay, you can critique people, but I don't know. I don't know if you should be having fun. Well, I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but <laughs> we're going to have fun. Yeah, sorry. If you don't want to have fun, it's time to tune out because... <laughs> Because eventually we're going to start reading Tim Keller tweets and the fun, the, the fun won't it stop. It will not stop. All right. Let's, uh, let's just try, uh, let's try kind of one more. Michael, shouldn't you, shouldn't you do this privately? Isn't this divisive to, to do this? Shouldn't you just, if you have a problem with something, um, shouldn't you, uh, yeah, shouldn't you just be trying to contact them privately, trying to work through these processes? So you hear what Matt's doing is he's just walking through all of the reasons that might come up, why you shouldn't say anything negative about certain leaders. Uh, Now, one thing to notice in that is that uh, nobody cares when you do that about prosperity gospel preachers. If if we made a crack about Joel Osteen, uh, nobody in the kind of Calvinistic podcast listener world will care one bit nobody will ask wait a minute did you go and talk to them before you said this and why is that well it's because everybody knows on some level that uh, public ministry public comments public policy something that is put out into the public it can be responded to uh, in a public fashion and so this is not dealing with somebody who came and sinned directly against me or was teaching something uh, in one of the Sunday schools at my church that was just a little bit off and I need to go talk to them and and deal with them. That's a very different situation than uh, on this public podcast or on this this sermon that was put out on the internet, this was said, or this tweet was sent out, and now I'm going to respond to it. That is is, uh, what that medium, these different public mediums are for. This is how you interact in this way. And so a common critique of any kind of critique, when it's somebody that you don't want to be critiqued, is usually, well, Matthew 18, you should go to that person privately. But that's that's a misunderstanding of Matthew 18 and its context. Mm -hmm. The context of Matthew 18 is within the local visible church. It is not the same thing when you're dealing with somebody that uh, is a public teacher that holds influence over people that you know or over you or in your church and they're teaching something, but they're far away in different churches, in different denominations, some people that you will very likely never meet, never encounter. Uh, that's a very different 
different kind of animal. So uh, the idea that you cannot publicly critique something is, it's not really the concern. The, the actual concern usually, uh, that is what is often said. But the real issue at heart, I think, is often that when people we like are critiqued, we feel some kind of personal attack in it, right? Like that's my guy. I like them. I read them. And the reality is, by the way, almost everybody that we will critique, we also read quite a bit from them, have benefited from them, are fans of them as far as that goes. We, we like some of the stuff they do. Uh, you know, uh, there, there is a lot uh, to be said as far as the good and the positive. But where the negative and the critique comes out, uh, that's, it's not an attack on you if you like a C.J. Mahaney book and we talk in some way about C.J. Mahaney that means he's not the perfect person. Right. Okay. Like that's, or he, he created the perfect church. Right. That's, not, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're not saying uh, that you shouldn't listen to anything that someone like this ever said. We're saying there are reasons, according to the revealed will of God, that we want to be cautious about some of this teaching, some of these people, the ways they handled things. This can be a cautionary tale for us. And so it can be a warning and a help for us in looking at some of these things. Yeah, and I think if you are unaware of at least possible critiques of the people you look up to, you're going to be sidelined. You're going to be you're going to be blindsided when the obvious things right these problems actually arise, right? Or they are critiqued. And I think yeah, I, I think um, I guess I'll I'll only add a couple of things. You know, I was I was playing my role. I was doing my best to to stop to just stop the podcast. But I I do agree with Michael. I think one we are critiquing statements, public ministry, not hearts. I'm not I'm not pretending to have any idea what is inside of Albert Moeller's heart, John Piper's heart, Mark Driscoll's heart, let alone. Uh, I don't think that, and this is a, 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 a discussion for another time, I don't think we should generally um, comment on a person's motivations, though I do think the apostles do at times. I do think they comment on false teachers' apostles, which is not what I'm, I'm claiming, right? But the other thing is, I think most of these objections, as powerful as they might feel to you or to us, I think completely dismantle the Reformation that we're all claiming to be huge fans of. Call, call up your good friend, the, the monk Martin Luther, and tell him you're not allowed to engage in critique like this. Tell John Calvin, right? John Knox wasn't welcome on the British Isles for a while because of his immoderate tone in critique. And even just looking back, I mean, again, most people have no problem critiquing Martin Luther. Right. And saying, man, look at all these things he wrote. Look at these things he said Bingo. about the Jews that's so rough. And he, like, he used all this horrible language. We have no problem uh, critiquing people that are dead and can't do anything about it. Uh, but we should pay that same respect to others. And I don't think that Martin Luther was probably someone who was uh, scared of a little bit of critique. He probably enjoyed it a little bit too much and was ready to get into a bit of a brawl. I feel like Martin Luther might have been the kind of person 
to listen to 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 not feel any guilt at punching under his weight that if he right. found out a podcast <laughs> of nobody's were critiquing him he's gonna say all right i'm gonna blow you up good luck this destroys absolutely I, would destroy us uh, he and would. he is the person that god chose to uh, ignite the protestant reformation and i might be cheering by the end so i don't i don't know uh I don't blame him for it. And I think the other thing is I want to say for me personally, I think this will be healthy for me because it will require me to choose my critiques carefully because I'm going to put them out there for the world. Right? Michael and I have talked about a number of these figures. I don't even know if I would want everything I've said about them put out publicly. And not that there isn't an appropriate level of private speech, right? But I think this will honestly be a healthy thing that if you actually consider the way you speak about these things in private, come on. Like, are the, are, are, are you being serious? I think that honestly, I do think what, what Michael is saying is that we, we object to critique when it's done on people that it's not safe to critique or it's people we like. If it's if they're dead and gone, safe to critique them. If they're if they're now outcast, safe to critique him. Otherwise, it's not. So, Michael, should we go ahead with this and ensure you will never be invited or be platformed as a as a big reformed name? We we might as well do it. Also, I feel like we've built this up and made it sound like so we're just gonna lambast these guys because we're so much better and like they're gonna look horrible when we're done. And I don't even know hardly anything about some of the early names of the young wrestlers and reform. So, well, so it's not going to be that exciting. I don't think there are going to be near as many fireworks as we've kind of built it up for. I know. And I'll, maybe I'll just purposely go hard for no reason because of that. But what I, what I'm trying to do is um, this is not going to be the last episode where we talk through these people. This isn't going to be the last episode where we name names. We are going to work. We are going to work through names. We are going to work through uh, clips, potentially uh, books, depending on uh, how long this podcast goes, of these people. And I want to have it on record. So every time, if, if there are ever people listening who want to complain about these things, we can point them back to this, right, this moment. Because, again, right, the, the names we're going to mention today, they're early. We are not going to get to some of the names like David Platt, Matt Chandler. Um, we're not even going to really discuss, uh, you know, Kevin DeYoung. There's a lot of other people involved that we, we, we will discuss, and we may give these people their own episode where we discuss them. So, again, if you're listening, if there's a person, if there's a book, if there is a clip you want us to listen to, I mean, do our show prep for us and send it to us. We are interested and we are willing. And Michael and I are dangerous because we have nothing to lose. Well, Michael, let's get going. So let me say this. I think there's one other reason we do, anyone doing this show, again, maybe why no one's doing this show, is we do need to be willing to name names. Even if you think about this, once again, thank you, for Colin Hansen. Colin Hansen's book is organized. It's, I think, seven chapters long. It's seven chapters long, and it's organized around a central figure in each chapter. His book is presenting, and it's, and it's a good way to organize a book. 
around personalities. And really, that's what the movement is, right? I mean, when we've talked about this, it's not like Calvinism is this new teaching, this new doctrine. It's, it's not as though everything that was being done on the more, what we might call kind of entertainment, revivalistic, uh, you know, culturally relevant side of the movement had not been done in other places, uh, in other ways. Uh, none of these things are really that new. What it really was, was a movement driven by personality. And so uh, it makes sense that you would have uh, a book discussing this all revolving around these different, these different personalities as kind of figureheads of what the movement stands for. And like we've talked about uh, in the past, this is one of the things that made it so devastating when some of these people fell is because uh, they were it, right? They were, a, they were part and parcel for what we understood this movement to be. And also, should I add that this is maybe why we feel a little bit sensitive when certain names are critiqued because, uh, you know, them as a personality, as a public personality, we feel very attached to them and have attached uh, aspects of our faith to these people. That's right. So let's work through these. Hey, sorry, guys. So listen, we realized in recording this last episode, by the time we got to the end of it, that it was way too long. Our intent was to actually walk through a bunch of the names that are mentioned in Colin Hansen's book as big players in the movement. But we ended up doing that and we do have that and we are going to share that with you. It just was way too much and it would have been over an hour long episode. And so we decided what we needed to do is actually cut it here. And what, what we'd like to do is try to uh, follow up on what we were getting into just now. You know, I, I just want to say I'm here celebrating the first time Restless goes into a two-part episode. And it's a good day. So if you're listening right now, if you rate and review this episode and contact us on by email at restlesspodcasting at gmail.com or any of our social media feeds, we are going to give away a uh, one book to one of our listeners and we're going to give away a book of our choosing to you so please join us because we're in our first mega two-part episode guys and we learned two valuable things one it's very easy to talk for a long time when you put a microphone in front of your mouth and two we realized actually in trying to name these names why for new Calvinists like Michael and I, and for our listeners, it's really, really important why we name names. It's actually something Michael stumbled upon. So stumbled upon is exactly the right way to talk about it. Uh, in the original recording, it literally just happened off the fly as we were talking. And it just, uh, we just seemed to fall right into this something that we hadn't thought about. And maybe we'll say this and everyone listening will be like, well, duh, this was something that we were aware of the whole time. But one of the things that we realized is that uh, it was so easy to take 
it personally when one of these kind of leaders in this movement were attacked. And still today, uh, when they are critiqued, when, when John Piper is critiqued, when Matt Chandler is critiqued, it's really easy to uh, become defensive and take those things really personally, uh, even though they're not directed right at us. And in trying to figure out why exactly that was, what we came to realize, and I think that this can be defended, is that in this movement, because it was a movement that's, that spawns out of evangelicalism, because it is focused on holding the least common denominator uh, doctrines in common. So there's no thorough uh, confessional statement that holds everyone together, but rather you have uh, just that you know, the, the, the least common denominator, just the, these five points of Calvinism, because this is kind of the, the core, as long as you believe these aspects of, of a Calvinistic understanding of salvation, because that was the core and there was nothing else. What ended up happening is instead of having different denominations and different confessional statements, uh, what you end up happening is different leaders. And these people, these figures, these major players in the movement became the confessional statements. And so when they are attacked, when they are, and maybe attack is too strong a word, when they are critiqued, if you have tied your faith to what this person teaches, instead of it being a, a, a document, a confession, it's this person and their ministry. And then that is critiqued. What's happening is a, a central aspect of your faith is actually being critiqued. And so we think that this is actually uh, really helpful in understanding why it's so hard to hear uh, the, the criticism of some of these men. And we, in this next episode, you'll hear, we barely criticize them. We are just trying to get the names out there. But I do think this is what happened. People were attached to names, to personalities, to ministries, and not a confession. If I brought to Michael, Michael, I would like to criticize, to critique the Westminster Confession of Faith. Michael goes, that's a big deal, right? This, and, and to let alone alter it is a monumental task for the church. But I think it, it brought in this, this, these two factors. One I'm, I'm going to, def I need to defend this person, you know, because of the, you know, the things they're, they're great at. And two, then it, it also brings in the subjective, like, and the impact they had on me. Right. So it, it marries these two very powerful forces for evangelicals. And now we've created a group of people that it is not okay to push back on. Just like we would say, the confession, these are the things we've agreed on. I'm sorry, you know, right? If I go to Michael's church and I say, you know, I don't think you should baptize babies. You go, you know, I'm really sorry. We don't, we don't debate that really. That's a very different dynamic though. When it's like, I'm sorry, we don't debate if John Piper was wrong on this. I'm sorry. We don't debate if Tim Keller's tweets are on point or a little out there. We just don't, we don't do that. Yeah. And, uh, even within a confession, because it's objective, because you just, I mean, this is something that's written down. It's not, it's not changing, right? Unless you, you decide you're going to change it. I mean, even within, say, the Westminster Confession of Faith, it literally says, uh, you know, councils can err, right? 
doctrinal statements outside of scripture always have to be tested according to scripture itself. And so even there, you have an objective reason within the confession itself to question what the confession says uh, and and try to judge it according to scripture, not not to like attack it or just, you know, like think, well, obviously it's going to be ridiculous. It was written so long ago. This is the old stuff, right? Uh, As opposed to what's new and hip and cool. Uh, But to take seriously uh, the call of those who have gone before and written these things down to say, hey, test everything that we do and we say according to the scripture itself because it's possible for us to err. So even there, you have this statement that basically allows you to question and uh, to uh, even criticize in a, in a certain uh, respectful way. Uh, there, I should say there's a, there's a healthy way to go about doing that. Um, but if personalities become the confession, they become the distinctive. So within evangelicalism, you know, when you try to boil everything down to, well, here's this small doctrinal statement that's just, you know, it's just the central truths that you need to believe to be a Christian and you don't have anything else. Well, what ends up kind of, you know, uh, showing your distinctives are again, these personalities. It's, well, I follow this guy and I follow these, this guy's blog or this guy's sermons. And like, that is kind of my flavor of, of Christianity. This is my uh, kind of confession. My standard. tribe. This is my tribe. Uh, you don't have that same uh, kind of openness to, to question, to critique. And even something that we'll get into at some point is the fact that many times uh, criticisms, critiques uh, were taken really, uh, really negatively by a lot of these men and should have been one of the signs that uh, there was a problem going on when when they would be critiqued and they would lash out very strongly and angrily. I can think of uh, times that you have people like uh, Driscoll or a Chandler doing that. We could find those videos. Being critiqued is, doesn't seem to be received well. So there, there doesn't seem to be that same openness, although maybe you would say at times, well, test everything I say according to the scripture. And this is going to be divergent depending on who we're talking about. Um, but also because it's a, a person, there is it is much more difficult uh, to critique something that is more subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there's not objectivity to a person, but but there is a, a more subjective side of things than here is this written statement. This is what we believe. It is well, I I preached this, but it was maybe not clear. And so now you're kind of dealing with, well, that's, you know, you critiqued it. Well, that's not actually what I believe. Well, that's what you said. Well, that's not what I meant to say. And, and so there's, it, it just adds a layer of confusion in the process of critique. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we may, we may talk about some of these ways people have used to defend critiques rightly or wrongly. The just straight ignoring, we pretend there aren't critics out there. We, we demand our critics always offer us like, Hey, if you're not attempting to read everything I say as the most orthodox possible reading, like if if you're not using that as a frame, you're you're not doing this appropriately. And and maybe we'll have more to say about that in the future. But but Michael has brought up a very important point from the confession. And so now I'm just speaking to my reformed brothers and sisters. Take up Michael and I's and anyone honestly, anyone's critique you don't like they're doing of somebody Take it up with the confession and not with the restless podcast. You can email the confession at somewhere 
I don't know. Uh, maybe the banner of truth trust has an email you can email. If we can question councils that air, guess what? All of the people we will mention in the next episode can air. All of my favorite pastors, all of the men on this podcast can air, have aired, and will air again. That's right. And actually, this is also for me why this is healthy for me to do this. Because when I enter into the public sphere, I'm saying you can hold everything I'm saying up to the same standard. Right. And and we need to stop, I think, and I think we say this in the episode, but just in case we don't, we need to stop pretending like the people who are doing public critique that were like, oh, how nasty. We need to stop pretending like we don't have those conversations off microphones and off blogs. And it's okay because if if a confession and a church council is up for grabs, so is everything else. The only question is if we're doing it by the right standard and by biblical parameters. And that is the goal for us here at the Restless Podcast. Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion to the Naming Names two-part episode. Rate and review this podcast and contact us on social media in the next two weeks and you will be entered to win a book thanks for listening everybody bye